Welcome to the Digging Deeper podcast, hosted by 4constructionpros.com and covering various aspects of the construction industry, including the equipment, people, companies, and associations making it all happen. My name is Becky Schultz, editor of Equipment Today, and in this episode, Stephanie Schmidt, president of Pennsylvania-based Poole Anderson Construction, shares the challenges her company encountered during the pandemic-related shutdown in her state, how the company positioned itself to move ahead both during and after the shutdown, and the key lessons learned that she feels can help to better position Poole Anderson and other construction companies for the future. Let's dig in with Stephanie now. What I'd like to start off, uh, Stephanie, is just getting a little bit more background on who your company is, who is Poole Anderson Construction, and what types of work does does the company do? Uh, well, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, it, it's nice to be here and be able to talk uh, about what we've been going through and what other similar contractors, I'm sure, are have been going through for the last couple of months. Pooley Anderson is a regional contractor, uh, general contractor, construction manager, design build contractor. Uh, we're located in central Pennsylvania. We have two offices in Pennsylvania, um, our, but we do work, work regionally. Uh, our, our main market sectors are higher ed, uh, healthcare, hospitality, you know, your basic uh, commercial construction market sectors. We've been in business for uh, 96 years, going on 97 years, um, and, you know, it's a long, long-standing organization. Great. Um, so you've been through some real challenges, I'm sure, in the last few months. Um, can you talk us through what some of the things that Paul Anderson has faced as a company and how you've been able to, to weather those, those challenges um, over the last, you know, since the, the pandemic hit? Okay. Um, well, for us, it's, uh, it, it, was, it was a very sudden pivot. We, um, we found out on a Thursday at like 520 that the governor of Pennsylvania was shutting down the state and considering construction as a non-essential activity with the exception of healthcare projects. Uh, so that was, that was different than what had been happening in, in the other states where healthcare, where construction was considered essential. Uh, so literally at 520 on a Thursday, we had to start putting measures in place. We had until originally it was by Saturday morning, they were going to start fining you. Uh, and then that later got extended a few days, but we, at the time we didn't know that. So we had to start putting measures in place to secure our jobs, to understand exactly what that meant. Um, there were some, I would, I would call them ambiguous, uh, regulations that came out that you know where we weren't sure exactly what we could or couldn't do in regard to maintaining you know stormwater management on a site things like that so there were some some nebulous things that, that we also had to deal with but basically we we had to shut down uh, we had one healthcare project going so that was able to uh, uh, to continue uh, in the process of keeping that going we had to put proper documentation together for all of our employees working on that job site so if they were stopped or somebody you know came around and said why are you here that that we had the uh, proper documentation um so we did that we had to 
also make decisions looking at our, our workload that suddenly came to a halt uh, as to what we were going to do with staffing. Um, we had no idea how long it was going to be, so we, we for a while kept full staff. Um, fortunately, we had some projects in pre-construction that you know still required uh, actual work being done and, and things like that. Um, eventually, we ended up probably laying off about 40 to 50% of our workforce. Uh, we were um, uh, fortunate enough to secure one of the PPP loans, uh, which then enabled us to bring them all back within three to four weeks. Uh, and the timing worked well in that that was about a week before uh, the governor released construction again in the state. Um, one thing that, that the healthcare project did allow us to do was by having that one active project going on, we were able to really get our our processes and our procedures in place, particularly the job site procedures, to meet all of the uh, CDC requirements, the state requirements, and, and things like that for the, the COVID-19 preventative measures. Uh, so we did, we did do that, and, and that was... Uh, that was nice in that we weren't doing it over, say, 30 projects all at once. We had a little bit of time for some trial and error uh, to see what uh, what what worked, what didn't. Um, there were some cases where you know just the basic regulations made made doing any kind of construction work difficult. So we had to we had to deal with a lot of that type of uh, those type of things also. Right, we've heard um, challenges in getting the proper protective equipment, um, whether it be masks, sanitizing, um, disinfecting products. Did you encounter that in in terms of moving your projects forward? We did. Um, one thing I do need to say is that that our company has been very um, team oriented within the organization. So when we when we were going through all of this, we we pulled all of our management team at our, at, together, and everybody had a seat at the table in helping us make those decisions in regard to the the, the job site COVID plan, uh, the office COVID plans, how we were going to handle PP in particular um, and so we had a lot of a wealth of, of knowledge internally from basically our safety director our project executives project managers supervision everything uh, we went through several different we, we explored several different different types of uh, safety glasses no fog safety glasses and things that you know a little bit of trial and error we all of course we had safety glasses that everybody used but they weren't used to wearing them with the mask on and so everything was immediately fogging up uh, so we went through a bit of a trial and error with safety glasses with masks what type of masks were best to use um, and with face shields uh, we eventually came to a point where we got you know and some things work for some people and not for others but we eventually got to something that you know that was I wouldn't say great, but tolerable <laughs> for what you have to do. Right. So what does a construction site look for you now compared to what it was before? Um, I, you have a lot of different measures, obviously, that it sounds like you put into place, but what are the most significant changes and challenges that you're seeing on your job sites today? That's a that's a great question, Becky. The uh, uh, the probably the the 
one thing we were trying to figure out how to tackle was to make sure that all of our trade contractors and anybody that came on site was going through the proper screening. Of course, we have we have thermometers at all job sites, but we also have the questionnaire that has to be filled out. And how we managed that process over over once we once we got back full force over multiple job sites uh, was really cumbersome. If you think of the number of people that arrive on a site every morning, all have to filling out a daily questionnaire saying that you know they're they're healthy and and all of that they haven't been exposed uh, so we came up with a, uh, a and I'm sure it's you know other companies are doing the same thing but we found the easiest way to do that was we came up with a sign on the job site with a QR code that basically you shot shot it with your phone filled out the form and had it set up to immediately go to our uh, uh, to a file for that job site in our project management software system. So it really became a very easily easy to manage electronic process for us. Uh, and notifications were set up if somebody answered a question, you know, not saying yes, or somebody didn't fill out a form that day. So thankfully, that that piece of it, which could have been a huge administrative nightmare, um, we found a way to to make that a little rather seamless. Um, on site, there's there's a lot of pressure put on our superintendents in the field now. You just you just have to feel for them because they're you know managing construction, but they're also policing to make sure people have masks on and, and things like that. So you know my. Uh, my respect and heart goes out to those guys trying to, to work through all of that. But, but they all do a great job. And there's distance regulations, number of people on site that we're adhering to. Um, so far, knock on wood, everything seems to be going well. Uh, we have not had a case on one of our sites, which now that I said that, we probably will. <laughs> I'll be praying that that's not the case. <laughs> no. But yeah, so it, it's it's really just a team effort with everybody everybody that touches our, our projects in any way in the office in the job on the on site our trade partners and everybody. Right. Yeah, I, I would imagine it is really everybody kind of buying into the same safety message and, and understanding that this is important and it it's to protect them as much as it is to protect the company. Um, have you ever explored some of the the latest technology that's come out? Um, such as contact um, uh, avoidance types of systems? Is that something that you think you would use at any point? Uh, as of right now, we haven't. I'd like to. It, it, it seems like it, it, you know, any new technology that can help us more efficiently and safely do our jobs is, is worth exploring. But right sure. now, we haven't seen any of that. Okay. Can you talk a little bit, bit more about um, the essential projects? Uh, you said you had at least one healthcare project that you were working on, and it, it does sound like it was quite a learning experience for you um, to help during the, the crisis. Um, what, can you talk a little bit about what the company was doing at that time and what that, how that helped you to keep the business going during um, the worst of the crisis? Uh, sure. Um, the uh, we did a couple of things during that time where we just had one project going. Then obviously we were paying a lot of attention to to what was happening on that project. But the um, there was so much changing on a daily basis with what we were hearing, you know, through both federal and state 
regulations and, and uh, requirements and things like that, that staying abreast of that was, was really critical. Um, the other thing as an organization that we did was we, we couldn't let the ball drop on the, you know, our backlog and the other work we had. So we also spent that time talking to our customers, talking to our design teams, talking to our trade contractors, um, making sure that once you know, once the switch was flipped, that back the other way, that we were we were ready to go, um, and and set up and had everything in place. So it wasn't all of a sudden because we didn't know we didn't know if it was going to be a month, two months, or six months. We really had no idea. Um, I do have to to commend the ABC chapters in Pennsylvania. There's four ABC chapters in the state, uh, and they did all band together. To, um, to provide information to the members, to, to lobby the government officials, to, to get the state back open, to do a lot of education and explanation of why construction should be considered essential. So that was all very helpful also. Um, on-site, to get back to what you originally asked, on-site, uh, it was a, we, uh, the state of the project was um, we were coming out of the ground. We were doing site work and coming out of the ground. So it wasn't that we had an enclosed building where we had to worry about the 500, the one person per 500 square feet yet at that time, uh, but we were thinking about it because our other projects that were going to come online were in that state. So it was just a constant, um, a constant educate and, and make your processes better, make your policies better. Great. Um, yeah, and I understand that. Um, so where are you now in the process of reopening the, the state and the construction activity within the state? Um, can you give us an update on where the state of Pennsylvania is at this point? Sure. Uh, the state of Pennsylvania is, uh, construction was, uh, gosh, opened up again on May 1st. Uh, considered essential. So construction projects have been going, you know, full force again for a um, month and a half now. Uh, the state in itself has been opening counties through a uh, red, yellow, green program. Uh, the majority of the state is now in the green with the exception of a one one county that's still in red. Uh, there are areas of the state, Philadelphia in particular, where there are some additional rules and regulations that, that have been implemented. Um, the the governor is allowing a lot of the counties to make decisions too. So just because the, the governor may elect that you go to green, there may be um, local jurisdictions that are saying no. We still need to be in a more you know a, a more protective state. Uh, but in the in the world of construction, everything is back up and running right now. That's great. I think that's significant progress, and I'm sure that you're very happy to see that going on. Can you talk about what you see as the next step for your company and for contractors in the area in general, um, the things that need to be done, perhaps some of the challenges that you foresee going forward um, as the state continues to, to progress now that the economy is it's largely opened back up? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. The... Um for our organization, in regard to um, uh, revenue, 
our uh, we were on track to have our biggest year ever when this hit. And and I'm not the only person that I've heard say that. I've heard that in many many industries right now. But the economy was so was so great going into this. Um, so uh, for where we're projecting we're going to be now, we're just we're going to be a little bit behind our revenue projections. But it's it's not it's not at the level of being tragic. Um, my concern is next year. My, my concern is, you know, in construction, we, we, we're working off the backlog right now. We, we get our projects and then we work off that backlog for, you know, sometimes as long as a year, year and a half. Um, and the, uh, uh, what I'm seeing out there right now is a, you know, ABC does their construction backlog indicator monthly. Um, and it's, it's down almost a full month. The last one i I looked at. Um, it seems to be hitting the mid-sized contractors the worst. It's down a month and a half for the most recent one was uh, for the mid-sized contractors, which are, I would say, in that 30 to $50 million, 30 to $70 million range. Um, and uh, the other indicator that I like to look at is the architectural billing index, which has been way down for the last two months. You know, if, if projects aren't being designed, they're not going to be there to build six months from now. So we're, we're working really hard right now with existing customers, um, looking for opportunities, uh, looking for other, other areas that we might, might want to get into that we hadn't looked at before. We're trying to stay as flexible as possible. Some of our markets uh, that we work in, for example, hospitality, I have clients telling me that they've got everything on hold for the foreseeable future when it comes to, to um to work. Um, education's another, higher ed's another questionable one because, you know, we don't really know 100% what's going to happen in the fall with, uh, with, with higher ed. So we, um, we're um, diverse enough that we work through a lot of market, a lot of different market sectors. So that's helpful. Um, but I think it's also, you also need to be a little bit nimble and be able to look at other, other things that, that you can be doing that can, can um, help your, your customers and, and, your, your company. And, and I think that's a really great lesson to take out of everything that we've talked about so far. Uh, I guess the question I have now is, are there other lessons that you as a company have learned that you might be willing to, to share that might help others out in the industry? Or is there, there any input that you can provide on how we might help the industry move forward in general as a whole. Is there anything that you see as an opportunity out there? Mm -hmm. uh, I think the probably one of the greatest lessons was don't get behind on your technology because all of a sudden when you can't have those face-to-face -face meetings anymore, when you're uh, even on job sites, when you're looking for, um, uh, you know, you're trying to have architects and engineers do inspections, see what's going on, you know, and nobody can come to the job sites. Uh, it's great to have technology in place. And, and we were, we were okay in that respect. Um, we, you know, we, we, we have all the right technology. I don't think everybody, all of our, employees were equipped to be able to work from home if needed. They all had, you know, laptops, that type of thing. Uh, but there was other technologies that I wish we had had um, that, that would have helped us a little bit more. Of course, you know, Zoom is the thing. <laughs> now everybody uh, has gotten used to that. Uh, so I think just making sure that you're on top of your technology. I think uh, in, in your management team, um, making sure that you really understand all the what ifs, you know what I mean? Like we all get so used to doing business as usual that you, you don't really think about what happens when, for example, 
somebody decides to shut you down. Uh, so I think having a lot of those type of things in place, I think we're, we're also doing, um, we're understanding better the value of concise communication and in, you know, efficient communication um, and really being able to, you have to communicate a little bit differently. I've found when you're looking at somebody in a box on a screen and they can only see you, from the neck up, as opposed to when you're sitting in a conference room um, and and you're used to communicating in that manner with body language and things like that. So I think communication has been a uh, an interesting thing to to watch and and learn during this time also. And where do you think that um, we might be able to um, assist in other? I guess the question I'm looking at is, I think there are opportunities out there in terms of the industry going forward, um, but how do we work together as an industry to help forward that? Do you see that any opportunities there from your perspective? Um, I know that you are active with the ABC. Or is that some a way that can help um, to, to build upon where we're starting from, we're kind of starting from ground zero at this point again. Mm -hmm. Do you see that as, as an opportunity or are there other opportunities you see that could help to propel the, the construction recovery further um, in the months ahead? I, I do. I think um, I think this has, has forced everybody to look a little bit differently at how you do training for the industry. And I think ABC is doing a great job of evaluating that both in nationally and in the chapter, at the chapter level. Uh, so I think looking at different training methods, you know, we've always, we've always talked about how different types of individuals learn differently. Um, and a lot of, you know, a lot of educators try to adapt to that, but in the construction industry, we, for a long time have had kind of a one size fits all type of, of educational environment. And I think this is now looking at a, forcing us to look at ways to do training where, you know, on-site location is not the only way to be able to, to, to educate people. So I think that's one. Um, I think, again, I'll go back to technology, particularly safety technology, on-site technology, and things like that, uh, which is another area, of course, that, that ABC is, is right on top of um, working with their members to, to educate on that and look at what's available and out there. Um, and I think that's important. I think that's important. I think what this has done is is taken that down a level to the smaller and mid-sized contractors that maybe think certain technologies are out of their grasp, um, just because of cost and you know that type of that type of thing. And so there is focus now on on bringing that technology to to no matter what size your company is, whether you're a general contractor, a trade contractor, or what. Um, the COVID nineteen um, pandemic has made people a lot more aware of the benefits of of that. So I think there are some things like that that are getting uh, companies and organizations to just to take a deeper look at um, how can I be safer, how can I be more efficient, and how can I how can I have a trained workforce. And I think workforce development is is still even though there are a lot of people that are out there un and unemployed uh, and there's an opportunity to perhaps attract those workers into the industry it doesn't change the fact that there are a lot of people who don't have the necessary skill sets 
Exactly. And, you know, the, uh, 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 the quickest recovery possible from this is so important to our industry because we don't want to lose people to other industries, you know, such that happened in 2009, around that time frame. Uh, we, we already have such huge, huge shortfalls in the construction industry um, as far as, as, far as um, workforce, but uh, we don't want to make that any worse. We want to keep people excited about the industry in the industry and, uh, and get them trained. And I can tell that you're still very excited about the industry. So I think I love it. I've had it for a long time. Uh, <laughs> well, great. Um, I, I think that you've given me some great insights on what your company has done um, throughout the course of this very challenging time. Is there any particular message that you'd like to leave um, in terms of either what you've been doing or where you see the industry headed uh, going forward? Uh, I, you know, I think the best message is use all the resources available to you um, and collaborate. And, you know, uh, we talked to a lot of, a lot of other contractors during this time that, you know, maybe competitors at other points, but everybody, we're all in this together and anything that, that we can all do to, to come out of it well will help the industry it, you know, in its entirety. Well, that's it for this edition of Digging Deeper. Thank you to Stephanie Schmidt at Poole Anderson Construction for taking the time to talk with us today. Tune in every Monday for another episode of the Digging Deeper podcast by 4constructionpros.com. You keep listening, we'll keep digging. Until next time.